Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Welcome to episode 15 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz and I'm your host. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, we've got a, an incredible show again today. Uh, uh, shortly, we'll be hearing from Chris Frame for all things maritime history and, of course, cruise news. Pete from Clear will be joining us to talk about a popular cruise port. And later in the show, we've got Haley who will be sharing her experience on board Celebrity Silhouette on her recent Caribbean cruise. Uh, before we get into the show, though, just to uh, share a few things with you. First of all, thank you to Alpha Victor, who shared a recent uh, review on the podcast uh, via Apple Podcasts. Uh, Alpha Victor said, comprehensive, love the history and news. Personal reviews are full of information you don't normally hear. So I've got five stars on that one or two. Thank you, Alpha Victor. And if you would like to review the podcast, please do so wherever you listen to um, this show. And uh, we'll try to share your your feedback um, on the, the next episode. Um, also great news. Now, I'll be honest, when we first started this podcast, I didn't even know there was such a thing as the podcast charts. Um, but um, I recently received an email uh, advising uh, our status in various places around the world. And uh, great news that um, we're currently within the top 100 of leisure podcasts here in Australia. We uh, were the top within the top five in Singapore, within the top 10 in Croatia, and within the top 50 uh, from Luxembourg. So whilst... Uh, I was predominantly doing the podcast here for, for Australians and possibly a few Europeans. It's great to see that it is being listened to and appreciated all over the world. And if you are listening in a, uh, a far-flung country, do drop us an email via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. That's where you can get in touch with us via Join the Show. And um, tell us where you're listening. And equally, if you've got a question or you want to... Um, Join us for a cruise review. We'd also love to hear from you. Um, that website, once again, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and that's where you'll also find all of the show notes if you need any further information on anything that you hear within the show. Okay, it's that time of the show where we join by our very good friend, uh, maritime historian and all things cruise, Chris Frey. Welcome. Hey, Barry. Nice to be here. Yeah, another week, and uh, let's jump straight in with some maritime history, and we're staying very close to home this time. Yeah, so this is one that many people in Australia will remember, and also people in the UK, because she was actually on the Britain to Australia run as part of the Australian Assisted Passage Scheme, uh, and that's the Fair Star. Now, the Fair Star is probably best remembered as being Australia's favourite cruise ship, particularly through the 1980s and 1990s. Um, for a long period, she operated for P&O um, in Australia as pretty much our only full-time cruise ship here. She had the market pretty much to herself. But the ship actually dates all the way back to the 1950s, in fact, the, the late 1950s, um, when she was put into service as the Oxfordshire as part of um, a troop ship service. So it was um, built originally to be a British troop ship. Um, and a little bit later on when that wasn't required anymore, she was... Uh, sort of laid up and then refurbished to become uh, a passenger ship uh, and moved across to be operated by a, a brand called Sitma, oh, yeah. which, yeah, it used to have quite a, um, quite a, a, a well-known sort of following. Um, and in fact, uh, on a little bit of a side note, Sitma actually was the company that designed um, a number of ships that later sailed for P&O and Princess because P&O and Princess were... Um, uh, like one organization, and they purchased uh, Sitma and its right, ships. Right. So, ships like the Pacific Pearl 
um, the Pacific Dawn and the Pacific Jewel, which all have operated for Australian P&O cruisers. They all actually originated on the drawing boards of SITMA, which is interesting. Okay. But back to back to Festa. Um, so she, for a period, would operate the migration voyages um, traveling into Sydney. But then a little bit later on when jet aircraft became sort of uh, the best way to do that and the most affordable way to do that, the ship was dedicated to full-time cruising. Uh, P&O acquired SITMA in the late 1980s uh, and actually spent a reasonable amount of money giving Fairstar a refit where they extended passenger facilities and, and increased the, the length of the on-deck amenities and the boat deck and that sort of thing to allow for more um, outdoor space. And she actually sailed on until um, 1997 when she was eventually retired. Now, Fairstar is like um, this unique little ship because despite the fact that she was uh, you know, there were some cabins that were unair conditioned. There were shared cabins. There were shared facilities. She was very old in her style. All the way through into the 1990s, she was super popular with Australian cruisers who wanted to go out to sort of the Pacific Islands on a cheap and cheerful ship that was casual and fun. And um, they actually marketed her as Fest out of the fun ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so she's one of those ships that didn't really break any records, but in Australian context, she was the mainstay here. She saw off a lot of competition, um, Norwegian Cruise Line, Cunard, um, other shipping lines tried to send ships here that were a bit more upmarket, and it kind of failed in the 1990s. But um, Fairstar just sort of powered through until her retirement. Uh, and because of that service that she did on the assisted passage, she's actually got a sort of warm place in a lot of people's hearts because quite a few people can trace their um, Australian heritage back to a voyage on the Festa. Wow, what a that's a pretty impressive career. Nineteen fifty-seven, right through to the late nineteen nineties. That's that's quite a career for a ship. I know, and there's so many sort of different. You know, she reinvented herself so many times from a troop ship to a ocean liner, like line voyages, and then onwards to become a. The, country's most popular cruise ship yeah and then you mentioned the the fun ship that's of course a terminology that we refer to now with uh, with carnival cruise lines who refer to their ships as the fun ship so um, that's true yeah it's, uh, interesting um let's stay with carnival corporation and uh, move into cruise news now and uh, talk about princess for a moment yeah so a few ch- changes to princess's 2021 schedule um so they're doing a bit of a rejig of some of their ships um majestic princess will be replacing the regal princess um, and taking on its voyages in alaska mm-hmm. through 2021 um at the moment all the voyages in alaska are um imp- interrupted by the cruising pause but the 2021 schedule is going to have majestic princess running them rather than regal um, regal will then redeploy across to the united kingdom to take on the uk princess itineraries out of southampton whilst the grand princess which was based in southampton is going to return to the usa so I suppose with the um, pause in operations, the company's got an opportunity to sort of rejig which ships are going to go where and which ones are going to best serve the different markets as things start to ramp up again. Yeah, yeah. Um, another bit of exciting news from Princess is the Enchanted Princess, um, their newest ship. Uh, she has just been undertaking her sea trials. Oh, brilliant. Now, yeah, I know. So it's great. Some some good uh, good news out of, out of Princess. And um, whilst... She was originally due to enter service um, during the during this cruise pause, um, but she will now start her voyages in 2021. But everything looks good for her um, completing her sea trials. Probably will spend a little bit more time at the shipyard and then move across to start her services next year. Um, so yeah, nice to see some good news coming out of um, uh, out of the Princess fleet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, staying with Carnival Corporation briefly, um, over at Carnival Cruise Lines, they've also got a few changes to announce. They do. So um, I think one of the most exciting ships that's been on the um, construction for quite some time now is the Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. um, Carnival's newest ship. It will be Carnival's biggest ship, um, and it's an LNG-powered ship, so it's part of this new generation of um, of ships that are powered by a more uh, fuel-efficient and greener um, fuel rather than the, the um, bunker fuel that they use on traditional mm-hmm. cruise ships. Um, now, she has... Um, she's nearing completion. Um, she actually has a distinctive appearance as well compared to the carnival ships. She's still got that lovely carnival winged funnel that have has been so sort of popular on the carnival ships since uh, since Tropical back in yeah. um, the 1980s. But she's now going to be wearing uh, also a, a slightly revised livery, a dark blue um, paint job at the front of her hull, which looks really fancy. Um, but her voyages have been delayed until... Uh, November now, again, due to what's been going on with the 
with the cruise pause. Right. Um, but when she does enter service, she'll be sailing out of Port Canaveral, which is in Florida, part of that sort of big hub where Carnival is so uh, so dominant over there. Um, another ship that's of note is the Carnival Radiance, uh, which was due to undergo a $200 million refit. Um, and indeed, we'll still have um, her. It looks as if she's still going to have that refurbishment, but it has been, um, the, you know, the ship's return to service has been delayed slightly. Um, and she's undergoing that work in Cadiz, so, and that's in Spain. Um, so two carnival ships that will certainly turn heads once they're either in service or back in service, um, having had that, that work done on them. Yeah, great to see that work still still continues and there's, there's positive activity going out there to, to bring the ships back when, when they can do so. And uh, more positive cruise news in Germany with Hapag Lloyd. Yes, absolutely. So Hapag Lloyd is uh, going to be recommencing voyages and, in fact, a little bit sooner than you know those of us here in Australia might have expected. Um, mm-hmm. there's, um, cruises are going to be resuming uh, actually later this month. Um, initially for people who are based in their sort of home countries. So, I mean, there's Austria and Germany um, and Switzerland, which is where the Hapag Lloyd brand is, is quite well known. Um, they're going to be carrying fewer passengers than what they would have done in the pre-COVID um, world. Uh, and there's a new health uh, sort of plan, a health check plan that they've put into place. Um, they're referring to it as a sort of 10-point health check um, which will help keep passengers, you know, well and uh, implement some of those recommendations that uh, that have been put in place for cruising in terms of distancing and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and the ship that's that's basically going to be kicking all this off is the Europa Two, uh, which we mentioned in a previous podcast because she's been um, sort of in layup um, using cold ironing, which that's was right, that yes. plugging her into the main power grid and, and being um, powered by renewable energy. Uh, and so she'll be starting these these voyages later this month. And that's going to be an interesting thing. I think, you know, one of the themes that we've seen from our chats on the podcast is the idea of cruise lines recommencing in sort of smaller smaller markets or, um, you know, or limiting that, that reach out to certain places. So with, yep. you know, COVID being well managed, I think in, um, in some of the European countries, they'll be able to um, sort of do that with a bit more confidence than in some of the other areas. Sure. I didn't put it in the show notes, but there is another German cruise line, AIDA, which is also part of Carnival Corporation. The reason I didn't include it is because it's not available to sell here in Australia and in the UK. Oh, okay, sure. Um, but they're, they're also returning uh, back to service in August with only German guests sailing okay. in German ports and uh, actually going to nowhere, just uh, fun cruises out to sea. Fantastic. And... More good news. Uh, Travel and Leisure, which is a, a beautiful publication, they uh, release uh, the world's best awards every year. They've just released the 2020 results, and we've got the the top river, small, mid, large, and mega cruise categories. Let's kick off with River Cruise. Who was the, the number one? Well, that's just it. It's uh, great to see some some positive news. Imagine winning world's best awards in 2020. You feel yeah. pretty good about that <laughs> after what's been going on. Um, so the best River Cruise goes to Crystal this year. Brilliant. So small ships for ocean cruising. Uh, so this is ships that have 249 passengers or less. Um, the number one is Quasar Expeditions, which you may not have heard of. It's a pretty small cruise line. It has um, two small ships and they uh, specialize in Galapagos voyages. Um, so that would be quite an exciting thing for them because they've sort of, they're up there in, in this category with other winners, including Crystal and Sea Dream Yacht Club. So, you know, well-known luxury brands. Um, the mid-sized ocean-going ships, so that's um, passengers up to 599 guests. Um, the top brand there is Seaborn, which I think will have a lot of um, support because there's a lot of a lot yeah. of Seaborn lovers out there and people who really do enjoy that Seaborn experience. But they're joined uh, in that category um, by other smaller ship or medium-sized ship brands, um, including Windstar and Silver Sea. And then uh, we also have the large ship category, which is 600 to 2,199 guests. Um, and the top brand there is Viking. Um, I think they won that last year as well, actually, from memory. Yeah, very popular brand for people who, who you know, have experienced the Viking experience. I think that they definitely command a loyal following. Um, and they're joined by Crystal, Seaborn, Regent, Seven Seas, and Silver Sea. So all of the ones that you sort of would um, expect. And it's just interesting to see these brands here now with in the large ocean ships category, given how much they've yeah. grown and how their ships have grown in size over recent years. Um, and then we have mega ocean ships. So this is now, this was a surprise to me. 
I know. Um, I don't know if people would, would guess this one because um, this is 2,200 passengers and above. Um, and, you know, the, the variety of different lines that you could choose from here, including Princess and Celebrity and Holland America and Cunard, but the, the winner of this category was Disney, Disney Cruise Lines, mm-hmm. with its currently four ships, but um, a fifth on order at the moment, and a really unique um, Disney-inspired experience on board those ships. Sure. Well, well, and I think they're, they're really popular with people who want to find something that's fun for the whole family with the kids able to go off and enjoy the, you know, the Disney-themed kids' experience. But they do a lot of work to make sure that the parents have like a, a very luxurious, uh, fun and adventurous sort of experience on board those Disney ships. Yeah. Well done to all the winners. I will put uh, the top five for each of those categories into the show notes. So if you're interested, you can find those at the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. Just follow episode number 15 and you can see the show notes just there. Uh, Chris, you're probably going to be popping a video out at some point over the next couple of days. Uh, What's the latest video all about? So the latest video is about the new builds, actually, funnily enough, because that's something that we've been speaking about today, Um, and basically what's happening with them. So there's sort of three main categories of new builds at the moment. There's the ones that have already completed and should have been delivered and should have been in service. Now, what's happening with them? There's the ones that are almost completed, so will be coming on, would be coming online later in 2020 if things had been normal mm-hmm. and what's going on with their schedule. And then there's the ones that are sort of just under construction or things are just starting with them um, where, you know, some of them are quite um, highly anticipated, like the new Disney ship, like the new Cunard ship, yeah. and what's going to happen with their with their schedules there as well. Okay, good. I'll look out for it and I'll be sure to put the, uh, the link in the show notes. Uh, Chris, always Thanks a so pleasure. Much. Good to speak to you. We'll speak to you next week. This podcast is not possible without the help of our good friends at cruisefinder.com.au. They have more than 30,000 different cruises live on their website, many with live availability and pricing. But most importantly, each and every call, chat and email is answered here in Australia by Australian clear accredited cruise specialists. So when you're looking for your next cruise, please consider the team at cruisefinder.com.au. And it's that time for the show when we welcome back Pete from Clear. And uh, Pete, this week is going to take us a little closer to home. Where are we off to, Pete? We're off to Cairns, beautiful oh, yep. tropical North Queensland. Tell us all about it. Uh, so Cairns has gone, the reason why I wanted to highlight it, uh, Cairns this week, it's, it's actually gone through a lot of redevelopment. So um, obviously it's got the, the terminal there, which has been around for a few years. The majority of ships can dock in there and there's multiple berthing locations and if it's a quite a large ship it, it there is a narrow pathway towards that dock so not all of them can get through that so they may anchor off uh nobby's york but uh yorkie's knob i think it was <laughs> uh but uh, <laughs> uh what i like about cans again you know me i'm about options so people mm-hmm. the first two things they think of is great barrier reef and of course yep. the dane tree so um, I thought some tips of uh, how to plan for yourself, and of course it will come down to your likes and what you want to see. Now, firstly, with the reef, um, from sometimes from the ship itself, you go straight on to transport boats that take you out to the reef. Now, the reef uh, for where the cruise lines uh, partake in the activities is about an hour and a half boat ride. Now, okay. I'm going to disclose something to you, Baz, and a lot of people know this. I get seasick on the small craft. <laughs> it's yes, it's like a veterinarian being allergic to animals. Uh, wrong career choice, but so I actually I, I take quills or, or whatever your um, pill of choice is. But uh, that helps yep. me, and it's funny enough, you know, working decades at sea, it doesn't really affect me too much, but only on small crafts like ferries and, and boats. Okay, but it, there is quite a. It's it's not a flat ride, so there is it can get quite a bit of a swell. And so when I used to run tours here, we used to get, you know, some people do do uh, or are affected. So best prepare, take a pill, enjoy the ride out. I would recommend that you do a tour from the cruise lines. And the reason is they charter these pontoons that are out on the reef. Now, these pontoons are quite large. They've got all the crafts, submersibles, all the facilities uh, on the pontoon. So they're quite large. And so you can go off, snorkel, dive, get back onto the pontoon, have some lunch. In fact, I think uh, Celebrity had an overnight where you could actually sleep on the pontoon underneath the stars. Yeah, it's just spectacular. So having that exclusive uh, access 
um, I, I believe um, is a better option. Mm-hmm. So, but of course, that's your whole day. So you can't do uh, the rainforest. So the other one on everyone's bucket list is the Daintree Rainforest, the oldest rainforest on the planet. Sure. And fun fact, I don't know if you have fun facts on your show. It's the only, uh, <laughs> when you get up to uh, Cape Tribulation, it's the only area in the world where two world UNESCO sites meet, the Daintree oh, really? and the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, so it's oh, fun, wow. fun fact, trivia night. Um, look, but that's a long trip. So from Cairns, it's about a two and a half hour drive. Um, if your cruise does stop at Port Douglas, Douglas, that might be a better option because it's only an hour and a half from there. Um, so it also brings into the question: you may want to choose if you if you do want to do both um, a cruise that has an overnight. So some cruises do overnight in Cairns. So have a sure. look out for that. And a couple of. Um, Smaller or different tours, there's the Mossman Gorge, which is closer to the Port Douglas, where it's a, a great Aboriginal cultural experience where they highlight uh, the bush tucker, uh, dancing, you can dance and learn to play the didgeridoo, uh, use a lot of the tools they use out in, in the landscape. It's it's a great uh, little tour. And, of course, the very famous one for Cairns is the Sky Rail to Corunda. So yeah. they normally take the old uh, lumber and gold train uh up, it's about an hour and a half up, um, up to Corundo. You can, you know, walk around the village and there's some uh, shops and restaurants and so forth and take the Sky Rail down. So if you're not familiar with the Sky Rail, it's a gondola-type gondola um, transport. It's it's not a full one and a half hours. You actually stop. Um, there's a stop at a waterfall there and there's another stop at uh, Barron Gorge, which is they've just built in the last year actually a glass platform. Um, okay. if, if you've got that nerves, you can uh, stand there, but it's spectacular. So that's a great day out. So as you can see, whether it's a Daintree, the the Corunda, a Sky Rail and Train, uh, the Barrier Reef, they're all pretty much full day options. So you'll need to decide beforehand. Or if you want to uh, stick around downtown Cairns, they've certainly improved. I have to say, uh, the waterfront's been upgraded. The shops in, shopping's improved. Of course, you've got the man-made lagoon. So look, it's a really good stop. Um, for anyone wanting to visit our own backyard. And, and I suppose with um, the new terminal being built in Brisbane, we'll soon see uh, quite a lot of uh, itineraries based in that area. So make sure you've got cans on your list. Yeah, and as, as you say, there's so much to do, and it's suitable for all ages as well. So if you're taking the kids, pretty much all of them. families so. love it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. Uh, Pete, always a pleasure. Thanks for your time again, mate. We'll speak to you again next week. Thanks, Baz. When you're packing for your next cruise, maybe consider a new pair of handmade sandals to go. Uh, Evarchus are handmade in Spain and sold with love here in Australia by sandalsandsunsets.com.au. You'll find all the details in the show notes below. Okay, next up on the podcast, I'm joined by a very good friend, uh, Hayley, who is a, a TV presenter here in Perth, Western Australia. And we actually met, actually, um, when we were preparing some uh, TV programs for, for Channel 7 here. Hayley, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Barry. Thank you very much for having me. I've been enjoying the show so far. Oh, thank you very much. Um, now, we've obviously uh, spent some time on ships together over the years, but uh, we've never cruised together. And uh, you've done a couple of cruises um, since we did those TV programs. And I thought I'd reach out to you and see if you'd be uh, willing to share some of your, your experiences. Because I know prior to uh, us working together, you were not particularly keen on cruising. No, I wasn't, Barry. I have to tell you, it was you that completely converted me. I'm now a cruise junkie and it's entirely your <laughs> fault. Um, so the next cruise is on you. Thank you very much. <laughs> before sort of doing segments on cruise ships for the TV show that we were doing together, um, I did kind of think, oh, why would you go on a cruise? It's just a giant floating hotel being stuck with the same people. It's, it's not really travel, is it? And I had all of those kind of negative connotations and, oh, it's for old people or it's for, you know, 20-year-olds just drinking themselves silly all day long. And I just kind of thought, oh, yuck. Um, but along you came and we were doing stories together uh, for Bitch in Travel and on Channel 7. And I got to see inside some of the nicer cruise ships and it, it really did kind of pique my interest. I thought, oh, this is this is a little bit different to what I was thinking. Um, so we were on holiday uh, a little while ago over in the US and we thought, 
oh, we're going to be down Fort Lauderdale. Look, that's a, a, there's a major port there. We should probably try a cruise. So I gave you a call and you recommended <laughs> the Celebrity Silhouette and I'm so that's glad right. you did. But do you know what? The only problem is, is you did wrong by me, Barry, because I feel like we did the best cruise ship there is and now every other cruise that I've been on has sort of been compared to this one <laughs> and they just quite, don't quite measure up as such. So okay. now, I now have um, a champagne tastes on an orange juice budget. Thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Silhouette is a beautiful ship. She's part of the Solstice class of ships, which um, are not the newest celebrity ships because we've had some newer ones since then. But yeah, they're, they're pretty special. They've got the, the, the grass on the, the rooftop, which is unique and lots of very, very unique features. And as you say, nice, nice space on board. You're welcome on board with that glass of champagne. It was, it, was, it was high end. It had a really nice sort of refined feel. And your first impression on boarding the ship was oh, okay, this is a bit of luxury. Oh, okay, we're going to have a nice time here. And we really, really did. It was elegant. And, you know, of course, so we left from Port Everglades in Fort Lauderdale, which I think is just such a fantastic, you know, port to leave from. So we went straight to our room. I know that, you know, cruising, you can often, you know, go to one of the premier restaurants and have a little lunch when you first get get there. But Mm -hmm. we had a balcony overlooking this beautiful beach that it was instant holiday and we hadn't even left the port (laughs) we were so excited (laughs) and so happy it was just the best way to sort of start the trip so yeah look previously I just thought I will never do a cruise and then I sort of you know warmed to it and then it just blew me blew me away it really did and I think the turning point is really sort of realizing that going on a cruise it's not traveling you're not going to find you know off the beaten road places and you know um bond with a a community (laughs) or or things like that apart from the people who are on board but once you sort of realize that the ship is the destination and you let everything else go and you just join in and have fun it's it's really fantastic it's a different type of holiday it is its own destination you get to just relax there's something you know, everything is catered for. There's somebody there for absolutely everything you could possibly ever need or want. There's great conversations. I always say, be careful who you chat to when you're in line boarding the ship because they will be <laughs> your best friends for the rest of the trip. And whether you want to or not, there is no escaping them. And I keep telling my husband, like, shush, we're going to be stuck with these people for the entire trip. And we always are. <laughs> Oh, fabulous. So you, as you said, you walked up on the gangway and you were you completely blown away, really impressed by the, I guess the, the, the term that celebrity uses, modern luxury. It's very fresh, um, minimalist it almost in, in its, its decor. Yes, it was. It was. It, it was elegant. And I found that the service was really you know, it, it was up up a few notches from other cruise ships that I've been on, um, you know, comparing sort of Royal Caribbean, you know, I know it's a different sort of class of ship, but even the service there, while it was good, we did find that, you know, we're constantly being asked for a review and it was just a little bit more, they were stretched for so many people, which, you know, Silhouette is still a large ship, but it's not over the top large. So I felt yeah. that we were still able to get that kind of personal service. I felt you know, perhaps they were a different uh, level of, you know, uh, of uh, servers there. But, um, yeah, we, we just had a great time. It was really nice. It was really nice, especially for a young couple. We don't have – we didn't have kids when we were cruising. We certainly do now. We have the cutest girl in the entire world. Uh, <laughs> but we didn't have children then, so we didn't want to be, you know, on board a floating theme park and, you know, and a 24-7 pool party, all those sorts of things. And this was this was a really nice ship to be on. Now, um, you've, you've walked up the gangway, you've seen all this beautiful public space. What was the first thing you did? You had, had somewhere for lunch or did you go straight to your, to your cabin? We did. Um, so I think my, knowing my husband and I, I'm sure the first thing we did was get a champagne in our hands because <laughs> what would we do with our hands otherwise? No, we went straight to the room. So the rooms were really well appointed, um, nice and spacious, beautiful balcony. I, I think if you're cruising, I, I just don't see how you can get away with not having a balcony. I mean, surely you know, that is, you know, a lot of the appeal of cruising is just being able to wake up, open the door and, oh, you know, you're sailing the high seas. It's, it really is always just worth the upgrade, I think. Um, so we had a beautiful room, um, really nice and clean. Everything was modern and fresh. Uh, I, I don't know that it had been long renovated because 
you know, it, it certainly seemed up to scratch. The bathroom was lovely. Um, I think there was quite decent storage space too. So I, I remember thinking, oh, okay, I can actually put things away. So, <laughs> which I haven't sort of been able to do on some cruise ships since. Um, but yeah, no, so it was really fabulous. Uh, and then we just went mingling. We, of course, had the drill on board. So we all went to a lounge. But that, I mean, the drills. You know, they are compulsory. You do have to do the safety drill, to, you know, in the event of an emergency so everybody knows what happens. Um, but when you have great people on board and everybody there is excited, I find them quite fun, you know. Yeah. It, it's, there's always some joker in the background making making jokes, you know, while everything's quiet and, uh, you know, they, they do try and make it fun. So it was, it was a video demonstration but, I, you know, I remember us chatting and just tears streaming down our face, giggling with the people <laughs> next to us, you know, and again, lifelong friends that you've made <laughs> just doing a safety yeah. demonstration. So, you know, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a good experience right from the, the first go. I mean, we were in the mood for a holiday. My husband and I holiday well. We like to have a lot of fun, so it was it was really good. And it was uh, we, the places that we went to. Of course, it was the Western Caribbean route, so it was eight days and seven nights. Um, and yeah, we just, I just loved it. It's still my favourite cruise today. So we stopped at uh, Coco Cay, Cozumel, Georgetown, Falmouth, and then back to Fort Lauderdale. So we had oh, plenty of things to do. You know, not lot, not too many at sea days. I, I do like a good sea day, though. But before we get talking about the ports, let's just go back to your cabin just one second because I have a very important question that I always have to ask. Was there a shower curtain or a glass screen? I knew you were going to ask this. Glass screen. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be with celebrity, but we, we have to check. You know, that's it's something that everybody always asks me. I, do you know what? I, I, I don't know I could deal with a shower curtain. It has to be the screen. But I remember actually it was it was quite a nice shower because it it was circular, it wrapped all the way around you, and it was really it was a good shower. I had I had long showers in there, far too long, I'm sure. <laughs> Fabulous. Now before we get onto the ports, let's talk a little bit more about the ship. Um, and I think we should talk about dining first of all. Um, yes. There are a lot of choices as there are on, on many ships, but uh, let's start off with the included restaurants, and then afterwards we can talk about some of the the speciality restaurants if you if you did use any of those. Sure. So let's start in the main dining room. Main dining room, I hate to disappoint you, Barry, we actually didn't do any of the premier restaurants. Okay. We, we planned to, but the first night we went to the main dining room, the layout was, it, it didn't just feel like a giant mess hall. It felt very, um, you know, upmarket, very luxurious. We were treated well. We had a, a sommelier come to the table who became one of our good friends, of course. <laughs> uh, and we had great food. And I remember the second night, uh, my husband and I thinking, okay, well, we should try one of the premier restaurants because, you know, there's Japanese, there's steakhouse, there's all of these fantastic places to eat. And we kind of poked our heads in and we thought, do you know what? With the three-course meal, a sommelier, a beautiful service, a great atmosphere uh, because it's all, it, it, I think it was three layers. It might have only been two, but it was uh, there was a big open circle in the middle so you could see each floor and everybody was just dressed up and lovely. And so there was a lot of atmosphere. We kind of just wanted to keep going back there because yeah. we had fun. It is a nice restaurant. I have to admit that that um, the, the wine cellar, that's not really a cellar, but the wine structure in the middle of the restaurant is pretty impressive too. Yeah, yeah. So we did. We just, you know, there was plenty of space. Um, we weren't too crammed in together. So we didn't feel that we needed to go anywhere else to, um, you know, to get a luxury experience. We yeah. were happy there and we thought, well, what we'll do is we'll spend our extra money on, you know, upgrading the, you know, we, we bought the premium drinks package. So our standard champagne that we had anywhere was Chandon. <laughs> so we weren't drinking horrible drinks or, you know, blue cocktails that, <laughs> you know, you don't know what's in or anything like that. Everything was just really lovely. And so we, we just enjoyed doing that. We would go for a little wine in one of the wine cellars beforehand and we not, we didn't have any trouble you know, eating in the main dining hall either. I know that, um, you know, some cruise ships, because there's so many people that have so many different dining times that often there's a queue and you have to wait. Uh, you know, I, for some reason we just didn't experience that on the silhouette. We, you know, it was just like going to a nice restaurant. Yes, please come this way. Please sit down. You know, our sommelier would see us, 
give us a nod and there'd be, you know, our drinks waiting on the table for us. And he'd say, oh, I thought about you last night. I think you'll enjoy this. <laughs> oh, and nice. Did you have um, fixed dining? Was it early or late? Or was it any time where you could just walk in and, and grab the next available table? No, so it was still fixed dining, but later dining suited us because, yeah. like I say, we like to go out for, you know, a little cocktail or something beforehand and, you know, really enjoy it. And I find that a lot of the people uh, seem to eat at the earlier setting because they want to go out afterwards. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that's why we weren't waiting is because we always choose the latest yeah. seating. Yeah. Um, but that seemed to suit us just fine as well. And so it did, it, it just all felt very manageable and not overcrowded. And uh, it, it was a really great first cruising experience. And even though I've cruised since, I still go back to that as my um, benchmark. <laughs> How about dining in your stateroom or cabin? Did... I'm sorry. Sorry, man. I was just about to say, how about dining? Did you have any room service in any in-room, in-stateroom dining at all? Of course we did. You have to have room service when you've got a balcony. <laughs> Sitting out on the little deck with your a little cocktail, a little snack, yes. No, look, that was all fabulous as well. Um, I remember it came quite quickly. Um, I, I don't remember the room service being, like the food being that fantastic, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it, it will do. It's It's not always about you know, the five-star meal every every time you need to eat. Um, but, you know, it arrived on time. It was easy. And it was just nice to sit out in the balcony and have a little yeah, snack. Yeah, so sure. I think we only did that once or twice and, you know, only for snacks or for breakfast because we're late risers. We like to sleep in. We're not people who get up at 7 a.m. to get to the breakfast bar and then head to the gym. You know, that's... <laughs> so, that's not really us. We like a lay-in and a bit oh, of night holiday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How you, about- know, you see these people running around the ship getting their exercise in, and I think, oh, good on you. Oh, you, you were <laughs> no, dancing no. the night before. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think we drink too much, but we just we like to just relax. We work so hard when we are at home. My husband and I, you know, we run so many businesses. We're always doing a, a million things. It is really nice for us to just Switch sit off. down on a deck chair. Yeah. You know. Sounds good. How about the, the the buffet? Not that it's really, I wouldn't describe it as a buffet on Celebrity at all, but it, I guess most people would call it that. Did you do that dining there at all? Yes, we did. Like, you know, just for, you know, sort of a lunch here and there and, and things like that. I mean, there were so many great little cafes and places to eat around the ship that you didn't feel that you were getting stuck into a routine of just eating at the same place, even if you did just go to the buffet. Um, but I found that the buffet was uh, much higher quality than the Royal Caribbean. Um, mind you, I was, as I say, I was pregnant when I was cruising on the Royal Caribbean, so I was probably a lot more fussy right. with my food. Yep. But I, I just didn't, I found it very sort of, you know, stodgy and hot dogs and a bit more catered to kids and things like that. Whereas on the silhouette, again, it, it, everything was just that little bit nicer, yeah, I yeah. feel. Um, so, yeah, so we enjoyed the buffet, um, you know, a couple of times. And, but, I mean, the grassed area upstairs, that was so fabulous. Just to be able to lay out on the lawn, uh, you could book a little cabana mm-hmm. and, you know, have champagnes in your cabana and play croquet and all these sorts of things. So that was really nice and that was that was a unique and very cool touch that we really appreciated because they just had good music, just relaxed, just hanging out, just yeah. chilling out, and lots of little great places and cafes to eat around the grassed area as well. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, um, obviously, we're currently going through COVID and everything that that brings and ships are not operating, but um, how was the uh, the offering of hand sanitizing and things uh, when you were back on the ship? Was it kind of enforced? Oh, it was absolutely everywhere. So that was, again, one of my worries. Even before uh, COVID, I was concerned with, you know, I thought, oh, gosh, you know, they're just floating germ factories. They're really not. There's so much hand sanitizer everywhere. There's just no excuse for good hygiene. And that was before COVID. Yep. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like you know, going forward, um, there's always people standing by before you eat anywhere. The bathrooms were very clean, um, much, I, I just found the overall hygiene much better than some of the other ships that we've been on. Um, so it felt very nice, but again, maybe that's because it was a different crowd because it was, you know, it wasn't the kids, it wasn't the young party goers, it wasn't all of those sorts of things. But I, I, and I found that, you know, as I said, the, you know, they had a bit more room for service because they weren't, they didn't seem overloaded with guests that no, it it just, it really wasn't an issue. I, I think sometimes 
you know, it's very easy to avoid getting sick. You know, everybody needs to be responsible for their own hygiene and all of these sorts of things. And cruise ships have really come under fire lately, especially with all of this um, COVID. And I think people, especially the media, are very quick to forget the amount of help that these cruise ships have actually given to countries in need oh, yeah. and they've needed transport and they've needed, you know, supplies delivered and, you know, the amount of money they've contributed and jobs and all of these sorts of things. So I'm really looking forward to the cruising industry coming back in a big way and getting people excited to go out on a cruise and realise that the cruise ship, it didn't bring corona to us, yeah, yeah. you know, it was unfortunate it was just you know a horrible thing in the world but we all like to look for somebody to blame don't we and unfortunately it was the cruise industry so that's why I love podcasts like (laughs) I'm always appalled not just on ships but even in shopping malls and restaurants and cafes the amount of people that don't wash their hands after visiting the bathroom and when you consider how many people are working on the ships just constantly cleaning bathrooms and sanitizing high touch points that that doesn't exist anywhere else other than on a ship so straight away you're, you're in a good place and a a safe place you've just left. I think so and and again people just need to take responsibility for yourself you know practice good hygiene yourself you know like I, I'm I'm a little bit of a germaphobe myself you know I always carry a hand sanitizer with me I always have mm-hmm. anyway but I, I didn't get sick I've, I've had no issues and you know it's, it's I think it's been made out to be a bigger thing than what it actually yeah, is yeah for sure now let's go back to the ship again for a second. Um, let's talk about some of the, the public lounges and the open spaces. And I guess let's first of all think about the sea day um, and how congested it was or wasn't around the ships. Could you find a sunbed? Could you find a, a quiet lounge space if you wanted one on the sea day? Yeah, I mean, obviously the main pool, um, you know, that's that's always going to be crowded because it's a hot spot for everybody. Everybody wants to hang out by the pool. But again, because they had the multiple pools, like um, one was a solarium with a glass ceiling. So also no matter what the weather, you were fine. Um, I think there's four pools on board the silhouette. Yeah, I think Four pools, yeah, and lots of little um, hot tubs and spas. And, you know, sure, you might not be the only person in there, but you're not crammed like sardines like on some other ships. So we enjoyed ourselves a lot. We could always find a nice little nook. And I loved those. I loved that there's you know, a library on board rather than the extreme sports like the rock climbing or the, um, the wave rider, which my husband absolutely loves, don't get me wrong, and they serve their place. But it was really nice that there were little reading nooks and there was always – some place that you could go to get away from the crowd if you yeah. wanted. And, but there was always something happening at the same time as well. I remember one night um, everybody was in the, you know, in, in the main hall sort of uh, area and uh, the main plaza, I suppose you'd call it, and they were doing salsa lessons. And, you know, my husband and I kind of looked at each other and went, oh, so cheesy. We thought, oh, how much fun. <laughs> and we got right into it. We had the first night ever. So that's what I mean. If you just drop all of your I'm too cool, drop all your inhibitions and just join in. You have so much fun on a cruise ship. It doesn't matter where you're from, who you are, what your age is. Everybody's there for the sole purpose of having a yeah. good time. Enjoying their holiday. Exactly. Yeah. Enjoying their holiday. You know, so and and it's just you and and these people, and you get to meet a few people along the way. You know, oh, there's Carol. She was drinking a you know bloody margarita in the <laughs> in the elevator at eight o'clock this morning. I'll just go see how she's doing. And, <laughs> you know, things like that. But I feel that um, in a little community like that on a cruise ship, people are also looking out yeah. for you. It's it's really quite nice. You know, you just get a little nod or a little wave as you're walking past, and you know that that's nice to have on a holiday yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. Now you mentioned that you had the drinks package included, uh, or you upgraded your drinks package sorry um do you remember roughly how much it would have cost if you were buying a a glass of wine or a beer or something on board i look i i want to say sort of around six dollars um i I tried to check that before i came on and so so don't quote me on that i may be wrong um good thing this isn't being recorded so (laughs) (laughs) i might be wrong on that but look it's it's always my husband and i we're not big drinkers but we do enjoy a nice glass here and there, a nice cocktail, a nice, he loves his whiskey, things like that. So we upgraded to the premium package. And, you know, if you're so inclined, I definitely recommend doing that because, um, you know, our base champagne was a Chandon, wherever we went, that was the worst champagne we were ever going to get. So you know that you're not getting, you know, a $5 bottle of bubbles wrapped up pretending to be a premier sparkling. You know, it, it was just nice. And it was nice not to think about the cost and to go, I've had two. I won't have the third because, gee, it's really adding up. So I definitely think that's the way. Yeah, it certainly helps you to budget for sure. 
Yeah, it really does. And then you just don't have to think about it again. You know, it's you're free to enjoy your holiday, which, you know, if, if you are somewhere else, you do sort of have a daily budget as such. And, you know, if you've blown it out one night, you need to sort of pull it back the next. That's not a problem on the cruise ship. Once you've paid, you've paid. And we paid so all of our gratuities were included, things like that. So we didn't have to worry about tipping. Yeah. And I mean, we, we do. We like to tip over and above when we get great service because – you know, we're, we're lucky we can. And I, I just think sometimes, you know, it, it's a nice thing to do because, um, you know, these people do work so hard and they're away from their homes and their families and you get to know some of the staff there. And as much as they've got a fantastic job where they get to see the world, they are away from their loved ones as yeah. well. So I think sometimes it's just nice if, if you can flick them a few, you know, extra dollars because it all adds up. And oh, it's- often they're sending it home to, to families and loved exactly, ones anyway. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, We've spoke about some of the lounges. Um, what about the entertainment? Was there lots of live music around the ship? Did you see any of the shows in the theatres, etc.? Yeah, there was. So there was actually great music. So I remember there was, um, you know, great little jazz bands and salsa bands, and uh, it wasn't just geared towards you know top mm-hmm. forty all yep. the time, uh, which was really nice. And, and in, so in the main entertaining theatre, um, it wasn't as flashy as what you get on some of the cruise ships. So, for example, the Royal Caribbean, which has the big LED panels yep. and, you know, a big display behind the performers, it wasn't that end of the productions, but they were still very good. And actually I kind of preferred that a little bit. Sometimes things get a little too flashy. Yep. For me, I mean, nothing can be, ever be flashy enough for my husband. He just loves it. <laughs> Fireworks shooting off left, right and centre. He's happy. But I like to sort of just sometimes go and, you know, watch a show. And I remember one night there was this uh, a comedian who, oh, bless him, I still remember him. He bombed badly. Oh, no. But through no fault of his own, he was getting heckled in the crowd and he just did not recover. And I didn't see him for the rest of the trip. So I think he just hung oh, up. No. <laughs> bless him. But, no, I remember the entertainment being really great was – uh, like I say, on Royal Caribbean, it's a lot more flashy and, you know, a million miles an hour, which some of the shows were really fantastic. And then some of the shows, um, uh, you know, can get a little overdone, mm-hmm. yep. a little overcooked, yeah, yeah, <laughs> if you know sure. what I mean. So, yeah, but I remember on um, both ships, the entertainment director that whoever that picks these people, they are fantastic and they are on 24-7. You see them walking around the cruise ship and they're happy to have a chat and they are just as excited to talk to you about the entertainment coming up as they are when they're actually on yep. stage. So the the hiring people on these ships, oh, you know, I would love to hang out with some of these people. That kind of leads into a question a little bit later on, so let's answer it now because some people, um, okay. some people don't – see the value of a cruise director and other people say if you get a really good one it elevates your cruise to the next level i probably sway more oh, to the, the second option um i'm guessing you liked your cruise directors um did, did... well if they're a good one i mean I, i've had a cruise director as well who just you know became a little bit irksome it's like yes yes tone it down a notch please you know yes we don't need to hear you making jokes 24 7 we're actually trying to relax here you know and they can be a little intrusive I think so I think that's probably where some people are thinking you know don't always love a cruise director but when you get a good one uh I I think that's you know that's that's money well spent you know for the cruise ship because that they're excited about what they're doing and they want to entertain you and you can tell their hearts in it and you can ask them all these questions and they make it fun. I remember the cruise director on the Royal Caribbean ship. Um, he was hilarious. He was funnier than one of the comedians <laughs> that they had on the night. Wow. And he filled those gaps beautifully. So if ever there was sort of a lull, he had everybody in tears of laughter. So we were doing things like, I think we went along to bingo one night, but it, it was it was a music bingo, yeah. like it yeah, was yeah. a fun bingo, not something you know, my husband and I would ever normally do, we would think, oh, it's a bit lame, you know, whatever. But we thought, we'll give it a go. And it was just hilarious. So that is the value of a good cruise director. Oh, good. good to hear. God. Glad you had a good one. Yeah. Um, now yeah. I know you're itching to talk about the ports that you visited. So let, let's head in that direction next. I know you, uh, you're on a seven-night cruise um, and you had uh, the four different ports. So let's uh, tell me which ports you went to and what you decided to do um, whilst you were in port. Okay, so our first port after leaving Fort Lauderdale um, was Coco Cay. So Coco Cay is this private island that is it's owned by Royal Caribbean. That's, that's correct. That, yeah, that's yep, correct. the parent company. Yep, yep. So it's owned by Royal Caribbean. So they've since done it up since we were there, 
But when we were there, it was just this little white sandy beach with, you know, crystal clear water, palm trees and hammocks, and it was just wonderful. Uh, we got there and so the crew had brought all the food and things from the ship, so everything was set up for a bit of a buffet lunch, which you know, look, wasn't the best, but, I mean, hey, we're on a private <laughs> island and they're feeding, you know, a couple of thousand people. I think they did okay. So, you know, we sort of um, we found ourselves a little floating beach bar, which was really fun, which by the end of the day we had the music going. But I don't know how the a guy was making these cocktails from this tiny little beach bar. He must have had brought just every liquor <laughs> known man with him and I don't know where he hid it, but we were we were having such a great time. And, again, you know, to the left of me there's, you know, a 70-year-old man. To the right of me there's a 20-year-old girl. There's an it's a leveller yeah. because everybody's there with the same purpose of having fun. We're all in the same place. Everybody's looking out for each other. And it was just really nice. Everybody's just getting along and having a great time. And they're, they're the times that I really appreciate and really like, you know, just getting to meet all these interesting characters and everybody coming out of their shell and it's really funny. Um, and, Barry, you know my husband and I, we talk to absolutely <laughs> everybody. Talk, out, talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles, the pair of us. Um, so we had a little party on board this tiny floating bar that just ended up sort of getting a little bit lopsided <laughs> and starting to think by the end of the day. But, God, we had a great time. So we didn't, you know, again, going back to that whole idea of a holiday should be about travelling and, you know, whereas the cruise ship is, is its own entity, we didn't, we didn't go more than 100 metres, you know, <laughs> from around the island. Yet we had one of the best days oh. ever. It was so good because it's always the company and the atmosphere wherever you are. So it was it was really fun. But um, you know, and we stayed there. We were, I think we were the last people off the island because it was just so beautiful. And you were kind of able to get away from the crowd a little bit because I think a lot of people like to stay on the ship as well. So not everybody okay. you know goes off the island or they'll come off for a little go bit back. and yep. then they go back because there's so much to do on the ship that. A lot of people don't feel that they need to, you know, especially Little Island, there's, not, there's nothing on there apart from what the cruise ship has set up for us. So we were able to sort of, you know, watch the sunset, you know, from these little hammocks. Oh, and it, was, it was fabulous. But I know that it's now completely transformed yeah, and, yeah, it's essentially a giant theme park. Um, so I'm going to have to go back and have a look and, uh, you know, I'll oh, compare and, it's, it's and for tell a second you <laughs> Oh, absolutely. It's worth it. So I know that when my daughter uh, grows up, she is going to be going down the water slides at Coco Cay because <laughs> it looks amazing. But, but I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what that's like now. I'm sure it's sure it's wonderful. But we had such a great day when it was just a, a flat little. I'll island. send you. Um, so I'll send you a video of the the, the new Coco Cay because it's it is it's a what they call a perfect day at Coco Cay now. Um, Oh, and there's, yes. there's talks that there may be a, a private island opening for Royal Caribbean in the South Pacific at some point in the future. So you might be able oh, to go really? to one a little closer to home. Would you think they'll be doing it adventure park style? No, I think it's or... going to be more eco-friendly uh, okay. from what I'm hearing. Oh, I, like, I think that's kind of the way forward now, isn't it? I think a lot of people have learned from all this you know, corona and COVID business that uh, actually you know, we've got to be a little bit more sustainable, a little bit more eco-friendly, a little bit more thoughtful and conscious in our travels. So I see a lot of the cruise ships, are, you, you know, making inroads to doing that, which I'm, I'm yeah. really impressed yeah. with. And I, I think that's the way of the Absolutely. future. So. Now, just before we leave Coco Cay, just to ask, did your drinks package work on the island or was it only available on the ship? No, it absolutely worked on the okay. island, so it just was not an issue. So we had the little lanyards uh, with us. I think we actually got the little wristbands made up, um, which they're great because you don't have anything, you know, floating around your neck at yeah. all times, just a little wristband, and as long as you've got that, you're, you're okay. fine, you're good to go. But, again, that's another thing with the drinks package. There's, there's really just no hassle. Brilliant. Now let's go to the next port. So the next port, so then we had a day at sea after Coco Cay. The next port was Cozumel, which is a little island in Mexico. Nice. Mexico. I loved it. I, I'm going to give you a tip here, give Barry. The running theme here is that I love this cruise. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not going to hear a bad word out of me. But Cozumel was really, really great. So we didn't book a, a tour or, or, you know, any plan any itinerary from the cruise ship. We kind of just wanted to get out and explore a little bit ourselves because that's, that's what we like doing. We do like to get away from the crowd a little bit. So what we did is we hired a moped, um, you know, from the port 
Uh, and it was only a small island, but we were able to get away from the crowd and we found an amazing little beach bar around the left-hand side of the island uh, and it was called Coconuts because I was looking through my photos before <laughs> speaking to you and reminiscing and just loving on this little bar that we found. And I think there was only one other couple there from the ship. So, we just, again, we just got to relax and hang out, which I don't know how is possible with that many people on a cruise ship, but there we were anyway. And there was a turtle swimming, you know, ankle deep, uh, all those sorts of things. But I think because when we get to port, we like to just get up and yep. go. We don't linger around the souvenir shops. We don't um and ah about last minute tours or things like that or dawdle. We we kind of, we've researched before we get there. So we know essentially where we're going, what we want to do. Um, we've planned it for the day. My husband likes to plan everything down to the, you know, the nth <laughs> degree. I'm a little bit more easygoing, a little bit more relaxed. Um, Excuse me, that's just uh, my next cruise ship call, calling me saying, when are you, when are you boarding? We miss you, Hayley. <laughs> um, no, so, you know, we, we do have these things planned to maximise our time uh, and we got to stop for a snorkel and it was really great just being on the back of the moped with my husband, zooming around Cozumel. Um, we found some other people at some of the other beaches but again, it still wasn't overcrowded. Um, you know, true to form, we had the best tacos ever and I bought the hot sauce home. <laughs> and I've been trying to find it ever since. Um, and there were lots of tour guides in higher places in port. So it was actually very easy. Nice. You know, and on, on the way back, um, I think I was telling you about this before, uh, before we started, Barry, that there was a Jimmy Buffett's in the port. So we were able to see the ship and make sure that we weren't too late, but that we were still near the end of the people boarding so we could squeeze in some last minute margaritas. <laughs> and I appreciate a last minute margarita. The, um, there's always videos put up on on the socials of people making that mad dash to to, to make the, the ship before it leaves. And there's always the one or two that don't quite make it in time. <laughs> All the stragglers. Oh, we had some in Royal Caribbean. I remember there was a group of four people who missed the ship entirely and we waited around, waited around, and we just had to go. So I'm sure it happens more often than they'd like to think. I mean, you do have to be responsible. You don't want an entire cruise ship waiting around for you because, no, I'll just have one more margarita. I mean, there's there's a fine balance there. <laughs> As long as you're not actually late and you're on time, it's nice to just maximise your time and go, no, that's okay, I, I can see it from here, and then do the bad dash. <laughs> uh, where was the next port? Uh, the next port was Georgetown in Grand Cayman. Uh, so my husband, Chris, he decided to go scuba diving for the day. I didn't feel like diving. I don't know why. I, I love scuba diving, but for some reason that day I just thought, no, I want to hang out on the beach here and, you know, explore yep. A little bit more than than doing a tour um, but he loved the diving there he said it was just like being in an aquarium he said it was beautiful crystal clear water with great visibility um, it, the island was beautiful but expensive um, and so I just got to hang out on the beach and go to some of the little restaurants and cafes and you know lie under a palm tree which is really nice after being on a yep. ship you know just just to find a nice little tree and you know, watch the world go by. That's what holidays are about for me a little yeah. bit as well. So he got to have a great day of adrenaline out on the boat. I got to relax. We're both happy. <laughs> so, And your last port was in Jamaica, I believe. It was Falmouth, Jamaica. Now, before we got there, we were um, – this is another thing I love about a good crew is that they'll be honest and they'll tell you their experience and not just try and sort of sugarcoat everything and tell you that everything's wonderful all of the time. Uh, so we had a few crew members sort of say to us, look, be a little bit careful. This isn't so much of a safe a safe port. Just, you know, just just watch yourself. Have a great time. You'll be fine, but just just be extra safe. So it was great to have that information before we got there. Yep. So this place is where we did actually book a tour. We thought, right, well, if, if that's the case, we're not going to go out wandering by ourselves and just, you know, try and make our way through. We'll book a tour. So we hired uh, Liberty Tours. I went back and I found the name of uh, the tour company because they were brilliant, Barry. Like, okay. I remember this guy. They were fantastic. So Liberty Tours, if you go to Falmouth in Jamaica, he took us to Blue Hole Waterfall and Pools. It was absolutely stunning. Now, they filmed a scene from James Bond in some of these waterfalls okay. and some little nooks and crannies. I don't know which one because I don't watch James Bond, <laughs> but they're, they're all telling us all about it. But because we booked our own tour and not through the cruise ship, it was just the two of us in the van, which was really nice. We got to stop along the way and go, oh, you know, hey, what's down that road? And he was happy to take us and things like that. But we also got there early because we weren't waiting for every everybody else. Yep, yep. So 
this beautiful waterfall, you know, space that's usually overrun with tourists as soon as the, the cruise ships get in, we had to ourselves. Nice. It was us and a bunch of Jamaican kids and it was fun. They've got swings. I mean, not <laughs> this just sounds terrible for a waterfall, but they've got these, you know, rope swings hanging off, um, you know, little slides and ladders and we got to take our time and we've got some great photos from there. We had such a great experience drinking red stripe beers <laughs> and our tour guy really looked after us. He told all the hawkers, look, leave them alone. They're, <laughs> they're with me. But not, not in a, you know, yeah. cheesy kind of way. It, we genuinely did get looked after. And so that was really nice. And towards the end of our time there, you know, we, we got to take our time it was when the other sort of, um, you know, buses sort of, started arriving and you could see all these people being ushered through very quickly and still enjoying themselves and having a fantastic time. But we really got that moment of having it to ourselves, nice. you know, which was so cool. It was yeah. it was really great. And on the way back, I remember that the um, tour guide, you know, he's like, oh, because we made fast friends, of course. <laughs> Right, I have to take you to my favourite little cafe. We're thinking, oh, okay, well, we're still going to get on the ship. But uh, And he made us try, you know, soursop, which is, you know, this local drink, which I have thought about so many times since because it was so tasty. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah, oh, it was fantastic. It's, it's soursop. I think it's like a fruit in Jamaica or something and okay. they make this beautiful drink out of it. But he took us off the road and introduced us to some of his friends, which, look, that's not for everybody, yeah. but we we enjoyed that. So we had a really great time. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I, again, if you've got kids or if there's a group of you, book through the, the ship. I think that's just easy easy way to do it but for again for us you know a young couple by ourselves no kids booking our own tour guide we got a little bit more of a private experience yeah, yeah. and it was really cool so I, I do think the cruise passengers can be a little bit target especially in town um and I think that uh where we were all of the places are sort of spread out so it's not really a place where you can just go for a wander and find something I yeah. think in Falmouth you really need to plan what you're doing book what you're doing and just get there because there's large areas of not much in between and, you know, lots of sort of sketchy looking areas that, you know, Good might advice. not be as safe like the cruise uh, cruise uh, tour guides were telling us. Yeah, yeah. Good advice. Now, it sounds like you loved every single place that you went to, but you've got to, you've got to pick one. Which would be your favourite and why? Oh, oh, Barry, don't do that to me. <laughs> oh. See, I, I'm, I'm quite an optimistic, happy person. I kind of love everything in general. If I had to – see, now I was going to say Cozumel because we had such a great time uh, at the little bars there, but then the Blue Hole Waterfalls having a private experience there, that was pretty good too. <laughs> or toss-up between Cozumel and Foulmouth Blue okay. Hole Waterfall. Okay. I'll, I'll give you two. That's okay. Similar question for the ship. Is there somewhere on board that was just your go-to, you know, daily you found yourself there or it was just somewhere if you were going back on that ship tomorrow, you'd head straight there? Yeah, I really loved the grass patch up the top. You know, you're out in the full sun with the view of the ocean laying on a patch of grass with a glass of champagne in your hand. To me, that was really nice. That was a little touch of nature yep. and that's very much what I like. But there was great music and just a great atmosphere and so many lovely people on board because, every, like I keep saying, everybody was there for a good time. So I really loved the little grassy patch upstairs, funny enough. So, I mean, you know, there were so many little great bars and nooks and all those sorts of things. But my husband and I, we like to think that we have fun wherever we go because we make fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> we know you, you know, <laughs> you can't have a bad time if you've got a great attitude. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you board a ship with a great attitude, ready to have a good time, ready to meet other people, make sure everybody else is having a great time too, then you kind of can't go wrong wherever you are. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Now, yeah. if the cruise line executives at Celebrity in Sydney or back in Miami happen to be listening to this podcast, have you got anything you'd like to say to them about the ship or the, the, the celebrity experience, good, bad, or indifferent? Oh, I can't ask for another cruise for free. <laughs> can, can I ask you? you can try. <laughs> I'd like to ask for those. <laughs> no, we had such a great time. I Look, I really loved it. I think the location where we cruised was fantastic. Look, I... Do you know, I was racking my brains trying to think of a negative and the only thing I could come up with was that the Wi-Fi wasn't great. It was expensive okay. and, it, and it didn't work. So whether that was the location of where we were sailing or whether that was, 
you know, the, the setup on board. Um, but again, that didn't really bother me because you turn your phone off and guess what? You're on holiday and nobody yep. can reach you. And my <laughs> husband was forced to not do some work. So I think there was, there was that, um, Look, not not too many complaints otherwise, I have to tell you. I, I thought it was really well done. It was a really nice ship. Now having sailed on some other ships, um, I've really got something to sort of compare it to and that that's my benchmark, I think. Excellent. Now, given that you like Celebrity so much, maybe check out Celebrity Edge, which is the, the newest or currently the newest ship in the fleet. But also listen to episode 14 because we got to speak to Captain Kate, who is the master of that vessel. She's actually the first female captain of a cruise ship and um, she was telling me all about the, the, the latest and greatest of the the celebrity ships and i think you'll really really enjoy it barry i gotta tell you i am totally fangirling over captain kate she is amazing (laughs) i love that her cat has its own instagram account (laughs) i would definitely be listening i think she's fantastic and we've watched all of the videos for celebrity edge we are ready to book oh wow i tell you what open open up the booking systems let's let's book our next holiday let's do it (laughs) sounds good Haley, been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I knew you loved the the, the cruise experience but uh, you've really brightened my day and shown me once again what a great experience it was and uh, we're putting that positive cruise news out there which is always great. Isn't it nice to reminiscing about holidays and planning your next future trips? I mean, we're so lucky that we get to do all of these wonderful things. So I think it's really nice to start getting excited again. We've all been in lockdown for too long. You know, we, we have to do what we have to do, and it's really great. But I think people have come together as a community. We've all got a new sort of um, motive going forward, and that's to look out for each other and to, you know, be a little bit more thoughtful in our travels and all of these sorts of things. So future of travel, I, I'm really excited. I can't, I can't wait to go cruising again yeah me too let's let's book on that first ship that's sending out a Fremantle. <laughs> done done i'm with you barry let's do it thanks again Haley. We're, until you cruise next time we'll, we'll get you back on the podcast thanks again that's all for today if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts until next time bon voyage Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.